Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome to the Corner of Truth and Courage with Tom and Tyler. We are here with you on Hump Day Wednesday. I always call it Hump Day. Here it is. Because you're at the top of the camel's hump, and after this, it's all... It's all downhill. Downhill. Downhill's bad, though, right? No, No, downhill smooth riding. Smooth riding. That's right. When I walk uphill, that's way harder. That's it. Makes the work week a little easier. I only get about halfway up the hill before I stop and take a break. I don't know about you. But anyways, uh, we are talking this week about current events, all right? And we've covered several important topics that you're probably seeing headlining your news today. But today we're going to cover yet another topic. We're going to talk about Ramadan. And kind of, it seems like there's a lot of violent things happening right now as far as uh, what Muslims are doing all over the world, different areas of the world in Canada, Sweden, Israel, India, Pakistan, even Nigeria. Yeah, we had a church attack in in Nigeria. Sixty Christians were murdered. Yeah. In that attack, and of course we we have a lot of that going on in Nigeria with Boko Haram and other terrorist uh, Muslim terrorist groups there. Yeah. But but this uh, the the scale of this attack, sixty. You know, and that's not talking about others who were injured. Yeah. You know, and, in, in and, that attack. And not even some of the offenses, I'll be honest with you, I, I don't even know if we're going to specifically talk about because they are bad no. things. Yeah, I mean, there's some stuff that it's not, you know, I don't know how to keep it PG. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> they're the stuff that, that that they're doing to Christians. And and so that, let me lead with this, okay? So we've established the fact that Ramadan is going on right now, that there's a, a huge uptick in the violence that we see all around the world. Uh, with with Islam and Muslims, right? And so, but but let me ask this question: Isn't Ramadan supposed to be a holy time for Islam? I don't understand why why do we see an uptick in violence? Well, okay, let me give you a bigger picture. The five pillars of Islam, you know, uh, the Shahada. That's the first pillar. Uh, there's there it's their motto. It's what they say to be a Muslim. If you want to convert to Islam, you have to say the Shahada. There is no God but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. If you say that with belief in the presence of two Muslims, you are now a Muslim. Okay. The other is the Salats, their prayers. Okay. Uh, they pray five times a day. The other is, is Ramadan, the fasting. Okay, that's what we're in. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Then the next one is uh, the, the Hajj. They have to go to, uh, uh, to Mecca at least one time in their life, make that pilgrimage out there, okay? And so, uh, you know, we call these the five pillars of Islam. If you open up the Sharia law book, there's over a thousand pages in there. The first 370 pages deals with their religion. Who is God? How do we worship him? The five pillars of Islam. All that stuff is, is laid out for us there. So Ramadan, this is their, it's a holy month. It's not a normally doesn't start on a particular month, but it starts there when the moon is at a certain period and whatever and stuff. So their their months are very similar, like how uh, Israel would be. They're on a lunar schedule as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, you know, the ancient Israel was um, today. They're on our schedule there, but uh, Israel, sorry, uh, Ramadan is thirty days of fasting. This does not mean that they don't eat during 30 days. Let's be clear there. But during daylight hours, they're not allowed to eat or drink. If they're seen eating or drinking, and they're in a Sharia-compliant nation that applies Islam, there's some severe punishments. You but know, they but at night, they feedings. eat like Baptists, right? Yeah, at night, they, you know, they feast. And they, in fact, most Muslims gain weight. 
<laughs> yeah. they gain during the fast, okay? Because mm-hmm. at night, you know, they've been depriving their bodies all day. And in uh, that night, then they get to feast. And at the end, which is uh, going to be the 18th and 19th of this month, um, is the Eid. Uh, there's two major Eids, Eid al-Fitr. This is the end of Ramadan, the end of the fast. And they have another feast at the end there. Um, and it's a good opportunity to go witnessing to Muslims because you'll find them in the parks. You know, they're out there with their families and barbecuing and all so that stuff there. H- how does this, though, correlate to an uptick in violence? Now, that's a good question. And there could be two possible answers that I'm going to get. And this, this is supposition on my side. Because um, it's not a normal time that they encourage people to go out and to do jihad and all that type of stuff. But it draws, what's the purpose of fasting? F- even for us as Christians, it causes us to be more drawn to, in our mind, to the things of God. Why am I doing this? I'm denying my flesh so that I can pray better and be f- more focused in my communication with God and, and, and stuff. And so I'm doing this so that I can draw closer to God. And if a Muslim draws closer to Muhammad's God, mm-hmm. to the teaching of Islam, and the following of it, they're going to be more violent. They're going to be more... Uh, the closer you get to the Quran, the more violent you become. The closer you get to the Bible, the more loving you become. Mm-hmm. I've said that for years. And um, and so I think that it's it's the process of getting closer to their religion. The second thing could be they're just getting cranky. <laughs> you know, and and frustrated or whatever, and they just, you know, I think that's a a, a bad you know yeah that, that might be stretching uh, a, a, a explanation, <laughs> but um, it's not an order, it's not a commandment, it's not like a time that they're commanded to perform jihad during that period of time. Tell us what jihad is again, just to be well. Jihad is the it's actually technically the struggle against evil. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, and and we're called to do that as Christians, but they, there's five ways that you can struggle against evil with your mouth, with your mind, with your uh, uh, with your lips, and you know and, and stuff there. But then with your hand, the sword, and uh, and the evil that's in the world, the kafir. We talked about that yesterday. That's you and me. That's the word in the Quran for the unbelievers. It's a dirty word, actually. It. I'm going to... It sounds like a dirty word. Well, it, it, it is. And it... Um, uh, I'll just put it this way. It, the excrement. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's who you and I are. That's what they call us. Mm. And once the world is rid of all that filth, the kafir, then there'll be peace. So the goal of Islam is peace, but jihad is the way to get it. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, to force people either to become a Muslim, convert... Or to be annihilated. And that's what we're seeing take place here in the current events. Well, we're today. seeing, and it's not just in Islamic nations. I mean, some of these things, you know, Pakistan and uh, Nigeria and India, we could say that there. But there's been a, a terrible uptick. Uh, drug gang raping was going on, even in Israel. Uh, in the name of religion, while they're trying to get in, them in, to In the name Quran, of their God, yeah. Allah. You know, while they cry, Allah Akbar. Um, you know, they're doing terrible, wicked deeds. And, uh, and Tyler, I've, I've not quite shared this with you, but I have in the past, when, when ISIS was doing, 
their things in Syria and Iraq and all that type of stuff when they came to the city of Raqqa, which is in Syria. It's mm -hmm. a, it was a it was a large Christian town. It was probably one of the most um, uh, economically thriving cities um, in Syria. Not the only, but one of the the better thriving cities. And ISIS came down there, and all the Christians that were there, many were crucified, beheaded, and when we went to go fight them, the soldiers, the ISIS soldiers, videoed a lot of that stuff. Well, when they got captured, and soldiers, U.S. soldiers, got their phones and stuff, some of that material was shared, okay? Mm -hmm. There were some in, the, in, uh, in Washington that was trying to share that stuff with me. And I told him, I said, don't, don't, don't show me that. I don't need to see that. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see beheadings. I don't need to see impalings. I don't need to see babies, you know, and all that stuff going on. Um, but they did this in the name of Allah. And what they were doing, they were collecting the blood of these Christians, of the, of, of the martyrs of Christians, and bottling it, sending it to their fundraiser, people who were funding their jihad, which was in uh, Saudi Arabia, in mm -hmm. Mecca. There's, you know, in, in the Sharia law book, uh, it will tell you, if you read the areas of jihad, those who are called to perform jihad are those who are uh, physically able. Then there are those, you're not physically able, you're defunded. Yeah. And so, in other words, and then the Muslims in Mecca were washing their hands in the blood of Christian martyrs. So, all this, you know, the, the behavior of these Muslims during Ramadan, why is it increased during that area? I think it's because they're being drawn closer to their God. And again, the closer you are to the Quran, the closer you are to the God of Muhammad. See, Muhammad did these very same things. Muhammad killed uh, uh, Jews. He beheaded them. Uh, what, one of the famous battles, there are 66 military campaigns in the Quran. Mm -hmm. All but two, Muhammad is the aggressor. He's the one who's always starting these raids of villages and pillaging and and there are chapters on, you know, what do you do with the war booty? What do you do with the women? What do you do? You know, all that kind of stuff there. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> But there's one battle. It's called the Battle of the Ditch. And Muhammad is now being attacked. He, I mean, all the people of, of Arabia said, we've had enough of this tyrant and we're going to go do him in. So armies were raised to try to, to kill him. Well, he is... Uh, you know, uh, defending himself in Mecca, sorry, in, in uh, Medina. And so he wins the battle. And um, he had made a league with the last Jewish tribe that was on his side there to protect him. And, uh, and he's putting down his helmet. The angel Gabriel comes to him. Why are you doing that? You needed the treachery of the Jews. They were in league against you. And so he lays siege to them. He agrees to them. He lies to them. says, I will let you go free. We've got to leave the country. And the men come out first. He captures them and beheads 600 men mm. there in the, the ditch and buries them in the middle of that ditch. And so, you know, it's a bloodthirsty religion. Mm -hmm. um, and, it's, uh, and he commanded his faithful to do the same. So if you are a, a fundamentalist in Islam, uh, you will follow the example of your prophet and the orders of your prophet. Yeah. And that's why Ramadan, I think, draws Muslims closer to their God 
and there that's why I think we're seeing an uptick in that well we're about uh, running out of time why don't you tell our listeners there about our fundraising campaign for the spring yeah so all for all the month of April we are doing a fundraising sort of campaign where we're, we have a goal to make twenty thousand dollars this goes towards our operating costs it's it's what helps us keep going basically because we have different radio stations and things that we broadcast to uh, we have aspirations to continue to grow in that aspect. It will be on more radio shows and radio stations. We don't know exactly where we are goal-wise today. One of the ways that you can donate is by check, and, but it takes a while for those checks to come in. So if you've, if you've done a check donation, we'd ask that you call this number, which is a second way to donate, 1-800-616-0082. If you've already donated with a check, you can hit option two and just let us know what you've donated because that helps us know like where we actually are with our goal because oftentimes, especially if they come from Canada, it takes several weeks for us to get them, process them, have all that different kind of stuff happen in there. Um, if you're calling that number to donate, you'd hit option one and you'd be able to donate by calling that number. Uh, but the easiest way to donate is at fortressoffaith.com. It'll say click to donate on there. You can do that in either Canadian or U.S. dollars there. And I'll say it's safe and secure. Some people, you know, they don't like doing that on the Internet. I get that. And you might feel more secure, you know, by calling and doing it over the phone or sending in a check. But it is safe and secure to give online. We, uh, we go to great measures to make sure that the platforms we're using are safe. And that's the fastest way to give to us. And you can also give on a monthly basis. Yeah. You can say, okay, d- do this every month. Take out $10. Become part of our army of 10. Or if God's blessed you with means, maybe you can help us with a great big donation. Uh, we're not yet at our halfway mark. We're pushing that ball uphill. We're not at the hump. It's not hump day for our giving <laughs> yet, okay, there. So um, we're not on the on that tail end. We're still pushing that ball up the hill to reach the halfway mark. And by the way, thank you for, to those who have already yes. donated too Amen. because we, we have had uh, quite a few donations come in there. So we want to thank you for that, and we will see you tomorrow here at the Corner of Truth and Courage. God bless.